And now, The Rika Show, presented by Rika Technologies with your hosts, Cynthia Delaria, Daryl Brogdon, and Grant Parks. Hello, everybody. <laughs> you haven't <laughs> been Irish for like three, three episodes, and now all of a sudden. Well, Grant's back. He got his <laughs> tooth fixed. We're very happy. We were all alone last week, Daryl and nom, I. Nom. <laughs> Uh, welcome back. This is uh, Grant, Daryl, and Cynthia of Rika Technologies and the Rika Show. Today, Daryl was like, "I don't know what we. I don't know what we should talk about. We should just like search the internet and do like random thoughts on the latest news and technology today." So that's what we're doing. Uh, that and, shows you how out of ideas we are. Yeah. <laughs> So we're calling it Random Random Postulations. I'm going to add some weird echo or something to that. (laughs) Uh, All right. So ready, set, go. So this one's Grant. Grant's already seen it. He's he's already worried. A nearly impossible to remove Android malware has infected 45,000 devices. So Grant, are you one of them? Do you have a condom on your phone? I found out. I don't know. I haven't. I've just looked at the headlines. I haven't looked at okay. That's details. a that's kind of a sensationalist headline. Forty five thousand devices. Is that a lot? No. Relatively speaking, no. But no. I, I I don't think the point is how many devices. I think the point is that you can't get rid of this. Even doing a full clean reboot of the of the OS reinstall and everything doesn't get rid of this malware. Oh, I'm infected. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, uh, and apparently it hasn't really done anything other than show some ads. So it seems like maybe it's sort of a Oh, well, don't, don't we all have that on every device and every app and every device? I mean, I see ads all the time, but well, I have an iPhone. Yeah, but. <laughs> oh, that's not what you meant. <laughs> that's not what I meant, no. It's called the X-Helper Trojan. The what? The X-Helper Trojan. Do you have malware bytes or Symantec on your, on your, uh, I have a vast. Okay. Well, they don't mention that. So you're probably screwed. A vast. <laughs> Ooh, Hey, here's one. Facebook. Uh, let's see. This is on CNN business. Facebook agrees to pay fine over Cambridge Analytica. But wasn't it something like $500,000? Hold on. I'm looking. Uh, $645,000 in pen- <laughs> penalty imposed by the UK Information Commissioner's Office. That'll show them. Wow. Facebook. It'll take up several is, seconds to and that Facebook, Facebook is definitely going to stop doing what they've been doing. Facebook will not admit to any liability under the settlement. Shijo Pete. So Facebook allowed other people to use your data in a way that you never agreed to. For years and years and years. And now they're going to essentially get what's not even a slap on the wrist. My understanding is that that Facebook actually was fighting that, which... They they were last year, and now they've just given in. Well, I guess is what the why story would you was fight saying. Six hundred forty thousand. That's my point. Why did they even fight it at all? Why didn't they go? Maybe oh, six hundred thousand. Okay, well here you go. It was negotiated down. Well, that's a really well. No, they hold on. Let me go find that story. And then again. my next question is, why was it only six hundred thousand dollars? Does someone in the in the UK government think that's a lot of money? We should we should we should stick it to them for six hundred thousand. It's pounds, not dollars. Okay, so that's a little more. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, no, it's actually 500,000 pounds. Okay, here we go. Where is it? Yeah, what was it? 500,000 pounds, $600,000 kind of thing? Yeah. Then I go, have to go with go. less hookers and cocaine this week. I'm yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. Okay, 000. so... All right. The fight between Facebook and the UK government's data regulator over Cambridge Analytica has come to an end. Facebook agreed to the 500,000 pound or 645,000 US dollar penalty, which found the company failed to safeguard user data gathered by political data firm Cambridge Analytica. Facebook does not admit to any liability under the settlement. So again, it's not even a slap on the, the wrist, it's literally like... Cost of doing business. Uh, yeah, and not even that. I mean, in the time that we've spent looking this up, they've made more money than yeah. that. Yep. Uh, let's see. The regulator issued the small fine last year, but Facebook appealed the ruling. Uh, but both Facebook and the ICO announced Wednesday that the settlement has been reached. Facebook and CEO Mark Zuckerberg have been under intense scrutiny. 87 million Facebook users' personal data was used for these purposes. Not even a dollar a person. Not even a dollar, not even close. My guess is that the original, the original penalty did not include, um, uh, what was the terminology? Facebook is admitting no guilt or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they yeah. fought it. Yeah, and because they, they said, to- we don't, we don't want this to be like a, on our record. Right. It's like, we're giving you some money to go away. Even though everybody on the planet knows they did it. Uh, Facebook's associate general counsel said in a statement that the company wished it had done more to investigate claims about Cambridge Analytica in 2015 and that it has made major changes. Protecting people's information and privacy is a top priority for Facebook. And we no, are it hasn't. Continuing- no, it isn't. No, it isn't. And we are continuing to build new controls to help people protect and manage their information. No, they haven't. No, they don't. And then the UK uh, dudes came out and said, we are pleased to hear that Facebook has taken and will continue to take significant steps to comply with the fundamental principles of data protection. Translation, we got paid. Yeah, and that's all we care about. Right. We don't care about the 87 million users whose personal data was used in a way that they never... Look, folks, like we said in the Great Hack episode, uh, you know, a few weeks back, last month, whenever that was, if you put it on the internet, it's out there. Like you you got to understand, yeah, you can never get it back. It's out there and you got to understand that even with, you know, I'm putting privacy settings in quotes, um, your data is out there. And it can be used. And I mean, this all happened back in what, 2014, 2015? It's four years later. Mm-hmm. So not only does that $650,000 matter zero to Facebook, it's taken them five years to get it. Yeah. So all that time, who knows what's been happening? And was Cambridge, Cambridge Analytica the only one? Oh, no, almost certainly not. No. Are there others now? There there are almost certainly others now. It's just that they've figured out how to hide better. Right. <sighs> Wouldn't surprise me if one of them isn't behind this virus that Grant has on his uh, Android phone right now. Not good. I thought concerning uh, Facebook, interesting thing that I've been seeing over the last week or so is because they um, state their, their stated policy on the fact checking now 
especially that we're getting closer and closer to elections, um, is that they will remove ads with lies in them unless the ad is actually put out by a candidate. Then they can say whatever they want. So a California millionaire took out some ads saying that Mitch McConnell and somebody else were for the new green deal and Facebook after a few days removed those ads saying those are, those are provable lies. And so now the guy, the same guy has registered to run for governor of California and he's going to put the ads up again. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Because basically trying to say your policy's unworkable. Yeah. If you, if you're going to, fact checked you just got to fact you got to take thing down, things down that are false yeah regardless of who puts them out yeah but this guy's throwing some money into i'm going to show you this is like ridiculous what you're doing yeah and you know you need to do something different and that's specifically a facebook yeah. policy i'm wondering that too yeah it was just because because all you know it's been up in the air over the last year or two about fact checking and and you know where the sources are and fake news um but mm. yeah that was the recent they recently had come out with this this was their policy defined was they were not going to allow stuff that was provably false um out there but if it's actually put on by a candidate they could say whatever they want true false you know and why does the distinction about a candidate, what is I think that? What they're, I think their argument they, from a legal standpoint is let the FEC handle that. Well, what happened from what the article said was they, they got a lot of pressure over the last year or so that they were showing political bias against candidates. Which they, they so, do. There's no doubt. Mm. So this was like, a, okay, we're going to back off basically and let you say whatever you want to say. So that you don't say that we're censoring you. And they, they wrap it in, it's free speech. And to a degree, they're not wrong. But like Grant said, you can't have it both ways. Mm -mm. You yeah, can't. I just thought that was, that was funny, the way that they're trying to slice this. And there's a guy out there saying, okay, I'm going to call you on this then. Yeah. I'll play your game. Yeah. And, and we're going to keep pushing until you define this in some way that it has Actually to be enforced makes for, sense. for everybody. Jeez. Because the, the other aspect of that is, to me, that touches on the whole uh, idea around free speech of we don't have completely free speech in this country. You can't go into a theater and yell fire, for example, well, is the example I always use. And you actually, the, you can't use TV airwaves to advertise false things either. Can you? Um, that there are laws against false advertising. Well, there's laws against false, false advertising, advertising, but a lot of laws that are against all this stuff don't apply to politicians. Well, it doesn't apply to shows themselves. Shows, oh. Because there was a landmark case where um, Fox was able to say, we are an entertainment program. And uh. so they were just flat out black and white. It, the court ruled that they can say whatever they want, even if it's a lie. They can say it's a headline that this, you know, this person, this, you know, known figure did this and they didn't. And they, and nobody can sue them for saying that. Wow, so even the media Apparently. doesn't have to tell the truth anymore. I don't know that they ever actually needed I don't know that they were actually required well, ever to tell to the truth. The um the FCC used to have some teeth. Yeah. And you know, there that but that was there was also a time when 
all the radio and all the TV and all the newspapers weren't owned by seven companies now. Right, right. right. There, there were all kinds of independent, you know, sources, yeah. all kinds of independent uh, news radio stations, you know, where they'd have five guys, you know, yeah. on an AM station and two reporters, you know, Les Nesman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, with all the buyouts and media, I think that that's changed that to be more like it's less than, you know, it's purposeful communication instead of just reporting. Huh. But I just, you know, just go into the headlines. I saw that yesterday and I was like, so now the guy's registered to run for governor and he's going to put his ads back up and say, you can't take them down now. Because I'm the governor. <laughs> Actually, I think there was something on here about that. Let me go see. Yeah, man running for office so he can run false Facebook ads. Adriel Hampton, a political activist who registered to run for governor of California so he could run false ads on Facebook, hopes a stunt will encourage Facebook to change its policy. Oh, it's a video. I don't want to watch a video. Yeah, we've already got in trouble with you and your videos today. I know. Sorry. Yeah. And I, li- I like that, you know, he's even acknowledging it's a stunt. Yeah. I, uh, I, it, I like that more so than when somebody tries to actually clothe it into in righteousness. Yeah. I'd rather have somebody say, yeah, I'm, I'm poking. Right. So, um, let's see. He, the company is barring him from doing this. And the man told CNN business he's now considering legal action. Yeah. Uh, he's registered as a candidate for California's 2022 gubernatorial election so he could take advantage of Facebook's policy allowing politicians and political candidates to run false ads. Um, on Tuesday evening, a Facebook spokesperson blah, 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 told CNN, this person has made clear he registered as a candidate to get around our policies, so his content, including ads, will continue to be eligible for third-party fact-checking. Who are their third-party fact-checkers? That's a different list. That's, that's a, list. a whole you different... Can, you can look that up, but I think that's bullshit. You know, your policy <laughs> is, well, you're you're following the letter of the law, but not the spirit of the right. law. Right. Screw that. He's going to win in court. Yeah. He Hampton told CNN, they've made a policy specific to me and I am running for California governor to regulate Facebook. I'm going to look at suing them. I will immediately seek all available legal options. I predict he'll win. Yep. Yeah. And, and I was just going to say he's going to win $640,000 <laughs> off of Facebook. Nah, California courts are probably a lot more dollar for, you know, dollar awarding than the UK course tight fisted Brits. That's right. It's exactly <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. When they're um, white wigs. All right. Let's, uh, let's go to CNET news and see what they got going on. This is interesting though. What? Wildfire victims don't have cell service. Thanks to greedy telecoms. Ooh, what does that say? Uh, if it's anything like what happened last time with Verizon, the five firefighters, racked up a giant bill because, you know, they need to communicate during these, these wildfires. And so Verizon said, either pay your bill right now or we're cutting off your service. And they're like, we can't pay our bill. We're busy trying to protect people's lives and their property. And so Verizon goes, okay, well, we're shutting you off then. Is that what happened here? And it looks like that's, this, this is just more of the same. I mean, come on folks. Like how for how long now have companies been putting out commercials that are not designed to necessarily sell a product, but to show how much they care right. about their communities? Like Budweiser does that all the time. 
Um, Dawn soap does that all the time when they're, you know, with the oil spills and cleaning the baby ducks and all that. I mean, yeah. And, and seriously, you can't be lenient with people during a crisis. Right. I mean, that's just bad business. We talked a few weeks ago on uh, incubate this about work culture. That is a work culture problem. There's laws about stuff like it just isn't a law about this yet, but you know, it's like emergency services. They have to kind of say, Hey, when their lives are in danger, we got to do what we got to do. And then after the fact, then we'll figure we'll out, try to yeah, the rest. sort it out. But yeah, yes, there's going to be a law about this. Uh, I betcha. I don't necessarily agree with but I also them wonder, creating a law, but what the hell was wrong with walkie talkies? Well, <laughs> they're, they're heavier. I'm sure mm. they're heavier and, and bulkier. And these guys are already carrying around but if a lot of weight already, they used to be heavy and bulky, but with new technology, I bet they can make them cell phone size with no problem. Oh, they could. It's just that nobody is because doesn't, we have cell phones. Doesn't Sprint used to have, and maybe, maybe mm-hmm. some other companies do, they had that talk that to little chirp, chirp. Yeah. That yeah. chirp, chirp button. They stopped making those. Really? Yeah, I'm sure they stopped making those. Because that used to be like a, like a walkie talkie type direct connection and it di- distance didn't matter. Right. It distance didn't matter. You didn't get charged extra fees and yeah. because it used probably the walkie talkie type network. Sure. But- these smartphones are so ubiquitous now that I'm sure that companies that manufactured those said nobody wants those anymore. So we're going to stop making them. Interesting. Um, So, but to your point, Grant, maybe, you know, maybe there's a market for some company. Now they're going to be expensive because it's going to be a low volume thing, but maybe some company can come out, you know, with something like that for firefighters, like you said, that's small and compact and lightweight. And all it does is allows them to talk to each other. Now, the other thing about those is it was, it was, um, uh, single duplex, which means it's sort of, Hey, I'm on this ridge over. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. whereas like, what they have like now radio. is full duplex. Right. Right. So they would need to figure that out too. Yeah. I'm sure. Because and that, I'm kind of surprised they're not outfitted. You know, you look at the military stuff now you see in some of those movies, you know, like the killing and bin Laden or whatever, they look like star Wars. Yeah. You know, they've got these helmets on with all kinds of gizmos and they've got their little microphones and stuff is all built in. You yeah. almost think firefighters would have the same things these days. Yeah. Huh. And maybe it's just that they don't have the money the military has. The military's got to be sure that they don't have the money, excuse yeah. me, compared to. Yeah. Um, and that's a shame. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It would be cool to be able to outfit public servants that way. Yeah. Well, they do it with the, they do it with the police as far as the vehicles. That's when I hear we don't have money to go around and I see every... You know, every cop in town driving an $80,000 decked out Explorer. Um, yeah. There's money. Yeah. In the city somewhere. Yeah. I think it's just with firefighters, they, you know, w- when they're on, they're on. Fi- it's, a lot, it's immediate of, a lot of fire departments are volunteer. Mm-hmm. And they're volunteer. Whereas, you know, whereas with police, it's, police, it's police constant is a and it's a, it's a public service. Yeah. But also police have to deal with something every day. Whereas, right. whereas firefighters, they're off a lot of the year. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And, it, and, and it's out of people's minds most of the year. Do firefighters really rescue like kittens and stuff? I mean, I actually. I think they do, yes. I saw a video the other day of a dog that had gotten stuck in, in like a pile of rubble in a um, uh, construction or a demolition zone or whatever. And a firefighter had brought like a bag of meat and was sort of like enticing the dog to be comfortable with him by giving him like little scraps of meat and petting him and loving on him so that he could get him, pick him up and get him out because he wasn't letting anybody pick him up because he was scared. Right. Um, which is like all... <gasps> 
you know, heartwarming. Um, yeah, that you know the thing. The thing about the telecom company, it, it the market will respond to that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that. This is this is where the capital system actually works. Which is if enough people hear that story and realize they have that provider and they have another option, they might take the other option. And I, I think that's the that's the problem we're in right now. Is there's not a great uh, alternative option. There's not. No, not really. Not for not for. Let's just call this broadband, right? Because yeah. this is effectively they're, they're no different. These telecoms are no different from Comcast, the ISPs, right? Uh. Um, they they all control the wires because uh. even if you're on a cell phone, pretty quickly that signal goes to something to a to a cell station that now everything's going over a wire, right? Yeah. Well, to my mind, with what SpaceX is doing with their with their satellite system, their satellite internet. That's going to be the first real major competitor to all these. That's going to be when people can go, screw you, I'm going with someone else. Mm. Yeah, the, it, this is a problem related to infrastructure, right? Yeah. Because every company and every new company or old company that no longer exists or new company that will exist can't go lay all new cable. Right. So they rent, lease, whatever from the people who own the lines. Right. Right. The people now, who put it in originally. Right. And and my my proposal just now isn't a whole lot different because not everybody can go put it put four thousand, twenty thousand satellites up in they the sky can't. either. No. I tried. Oh, I, ha- I have I have mine uh, scheduled to start uh launching next month. Yeah. So oh. good luck with that. <laughs> but at least there will be some competition. Yeah. You know, and the yeah. other problem with this is the telecoms and the ISPs have been making promises to the government. If you let us do this for free, or if you give us this brand bandwidth for free, or this whatever for free, then we will we will invest umpteen right. hundreds of millions of dollars and blah blah blah. And they never do. They, they never basically do. take the government's money, take our money, yeah. And nobody sure. ever holds them accountable for it. That's the thing I don't understand: is nobody in the government ever goes, you know what? You promised us you would do this. You didn't do it. Now you you, you just yeah. got federalized. Right. That's you company, we're federalizing you. Hopefully, the other guys will see what just happened and they'll go, oh. Okay, we're going to start but straightening You just got to check and see where those campaign contributions came from. Yeah. Sure. That's why they don't. And that's all. Yeah. On light note, uh, there's a black turtleneck shortage in the Bay Area. <laughs> Is that real or are you looking at the onion? No, that's Money Magazine. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. How many people, tech-wide, but especially in the Bay Area, think I'm going to be just like Steve Jobs, and I'm going to dress like him, and I'm going to wear his glasses. Hey, uh, Elizabeth, what's her face? Slyer did that it. Who they want to be? Yeah, they're trying to be. They're like, oh, like is him, that? Like they walk into they like walk him. into their uh, their pitch in Silicon Valley with their startup that has no idea how it's ever going to make money. They put on a black turtleneck and they instantly get funded. Is that like? Hi, we're a unicorn. <laughs> uh, so PetSmart every year does their like donatable uh you can you can buy their their stuffed animal or whatever and usually they have a dog and usually they have a cat and then they have like a special one every year this year it's a unicorn really (laughs) yeah (laughs) i bought a couple of them the best part is it's not because of what we said it's halloween people (laughs) it's for costumes oh really oh okay there's a lot of that's more fun to dress up as elizabeth Elizabeth for halloween oh my gosh and so that's why the black black turtleneck shortage Oh my gosh. That is hilarious. That is hysterical. Okay, so tech related, I saw a video yesterday about the new Rolls-Royce concept car. Yeah. Completely self-driving. 
the car itself, uh, the wheels are almost entirely covered, so you can't see them, so it looks super sleek. When you open the door, the whole roof lifts up as well so that you do not have to bend down to get in and out of the car. Uh, so far, you're describing the Tesla Model X. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen that. But okay. anyway, and then uh, instead of having the boot be like down low, that's what they call that over there, the, yeah. the trunk. Right. They actually have custom luggage that you push one of the buttons on the side of the car and it rolls out at hand height. Really? So that you can just set it down on the ground. And then you know how Rolls Royce, their rims have the weighted sim logo so that it's always upright. The R is always the right way. Okay. Yeah. 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 They did that on the luggage too. <laughs> and so how much is this? <laughs> I don't know. It's a concept. Oh, it's, it's a concept, concept. Okay. car right now, but it is the, the floor is all like hand woven wool carpet, the seats and the pillows and everything inside are all, uh, woven are all like, um, hand spun silk or whatever. Is it the 103 EX? I have no idea. It looks super, and apparently the way they design the front, it's designed to look like a yacht when you're driving around in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, <laughs> yeah. I'm, we're looking at a picture of it now. That's. Uh, what, 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 what's the model? Tell people what the model is. Uh, I just said it and I forgot. Hold on. Let me scroll down. <laughs> 103EX. The 103EX. And I, I don't think this is something that's available. I think it was like a prototype or a production, you know you know, uh, yeah. preview or something like that. But it was really funny watching the video that whoever it was sent to me yesterday because it, the lady, like every time she would be talking about something new, she got like super excited. <laughs> it was so adorable. And then uh, she was talking to the car and she, she said, hello, whatever its name was. And it said, hi, I'm blah, 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 blah. You know, Rolls Royce, ha, 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 whatever. It looks like you're going to the, the Met Gala in, in a fundraiser in support of Governor blah, blah, blah. Is that where you want to go now? And it's so it like had access to the calendar right. so that it could see what event it was. And as long as there was an address in there, it would, you know, and I was like, that's really cool. It is. I mean, there's a picture here of, I think it's the door when you open the door. Yeah. And you just push a little button and out slides. Oh yeah. The, the, the two, uh, umbrellas, umbrellas yep. and that compartment where the umbrellas go is heated so that the umbrella, uh, dries faster. Okay. Yep. We got to get busy at Rika so I can have one of these. <laughs> Your kids aren't allowed to ride in it. If you ever have, you know, M&Ms and chips oh, in the God. seat of that thing, the I'll thing kill you. The, I mean, they would just step in it and it would just be, it would be like <laughs> pig pen. I know. Trash everywhere. Plus it's all white on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> we had an article about executive from SoftBank who had advised them not to invest in WeWork before he left. What is he saying? He said, he says, cautions against throwing cash at founders. Um, they've got a huge investment in Uber, for instance, that's way underwater. He just sounds like a sane person in that world of unicorns which I is think probably why he left yeah i think what's happened is they saw this happen one time with zuckerberg and they all think they think it can happen it can happen again over and over and over even though yeah. all of the data proved prior to zuckerberg that they did they would do the opposite they right. would you know that i don't agree with them kicking out the the founder necessarily yeah. either but yeah um what, you know what's interesting about we work since the last time since we did our our unicorns podcast um 
so we had we had thought that that we work where their value was was that they were a real estate company. So what we found out is that actually, uh, Adam, what's his last name? Newman, I think. Newman. Neumann. Neumann, something like that. He had had raised all the money to buy all the real estate, bought it all with the funds from the company in his own personal name and then leased all of the space back to WeWork. Yeah. You can't do that. How is this guy not in jail? Not only is he and, not in jail, but now he's almost $2 billion richer. And he trademarked all the logos and names and everything and was leasing those back to the company as well. When they bought him out, just, just last week, they bought him out to the tune of $1.7 billion plus... The $750 million he had already gotten out of the plus company. Plus that, but plus over the next four years, something like $185 million as a consulting fee. How on earth is this guy getting paid for all of this nefarious crap that he lied to investors about? Not only that, but... Can we all just contract to Rika? Yeah, really. <laughs> but not only that, it, they're, in a, they're in such a bad position now that they have to lay off people and they're estimating 4,000 people. They can't afford to lay them off because they can't afford to pay their severance. Yeah. But they just paid him $2 billion. And I was reading a thing where they were saying that all these, all these people who have been there for a really long time and they had stock options, they, and they were, they were Google, you know, the they way that Google created yeah. a bunch of millionaires mm -hmm. when, when they went IPO, that's what WeWork was supposed to do until they realized there's nothing there. And now there's all these people who they were within days of getting payouts and, and being able to, you know, have justified working for half what they should have for the last 10 years. Right. And, and now it's all it's, gone. It's gone. Yeah. It's gone. I mean, I can feel the devastation of that in my body when I even yeah. say it. Yeah. Just that imagine sinking, these poor people. I mean, oh. it's, it's the look on their face is probably like the, the, uh, the you must Lehman walk around. Yeah. You must walk around like completely stunned. Yeah. And just feeling like the world doesn't feel real. Because you mm. lived in an alternate reality for a long time. I don't remember. There was something, a podcast I was listening to the other day when, uh, and this was just a few days ago, they asked him uh, about this. I wish I could remember what it was he said. It was so obnoxious. <laughs> you know, they said, what do you, what do you think about that? He basically was saying, this just proves how impactful what we built is. That's what it was. They asked him, what do you think of them paying you almost $2 billion to get out of the company? Well, this just proves how impactful something like that, right? Just it proves, you know, he's just, he's spinning it. He's, he's delusional. He is he's, completely delusional. Yeah. It was impactful. You, you screwed, screwed a lot of people. Thousands of people. Not to mention. So I've talked to a bunch of friends of mine who are investors. Um, and uh, one of the guys still wants to come on the podcast and we're specifically going to talk about this, but I was asking him, why does an investor look at a company like WeWork and put money into it when, when all these things are happening along the way, what is it? And, and he said, fear of missing out is definitely a piece Which of we've it. Which we talked about. Like when you follow people who you consider smart money, you feel like that makes it less of a risk. Mm -hmm. He said, um, he said he's going to be really interested over the next year or two if they don't actually prosecute the people who were building pitches and doing pitches and, and getting money from investors, he'll be really curious why they don't because either he said either they didn't tell the truth and all the investors are embarrassed and they don't want anybody to know that they got sucked in or they did tell them the truth and they invested anyway because they, they figured 
as long as we get out in the next acquisition, we're fine. So, so there's they, even, they knew going in that it was a Ponzi scheme. There's even, well, yeah. And that's the thing is when, did they get in knowing it was a Ponzi scheme or were they in it, saw that it was a Ponzi scheme and then they were like, well, as long as I'm not the last one, then I'm okay with that. Right. Probably some combination of, of all of that. I mean, that's messed up. Yeah. It's totally messed up. So here's another one. <laughs> it's messed up. It's messed up. <laughs> here's another one. The IRS tried to hide emails that show tax industry influence over the free file program. Are you aware of this? No. So um, basically what happened is the IRS said, you know, we want to we wanna make it so that people who just don't have the money to pay for TurboTax can still file their taxes. Okay. Makes total sense, right? Sure. It's in the IRS best interest. TurboTax, Intuit, all of those companies said, hey, don't do that. We'll, we'll, we'll do that for you. We'll offer a version of our product for free. Uh-huh. And the IRS said, sure, okay. And so then, of course, what happened? All of those companies did do that, and then they hid it, unbelievably hid it, so that people couldn't find that, yeah, you could actually file your taxes through TurboTax for free. Uh-huh. And so now, you know, and, but to make matters worse, then the tax industry, filing industry, uh, has, has then since been influencing the IRS to continue that process. Basically influencing the IRS to look the other way while they screw out all of these people who can't afford, you know, I mean, one could argue, does it, you know, can you really not afford the $39 it costs to file your taxes? But at the same time, it's so $39 versus free. What you're for low saying income. is... All of these companies that offer online tax filing services. Yep. The IRS said we need to come up with a way where people can do it for free if they can afford it. And I'm assuming there's some criteria you have to meet in order to do that. Then all of these other companies, they said, okay, we'll, we'll get on board with that. That's, that's good for, that's good for everybody. We agree. Mm -hmm. And then they put it in a place where nobody can find it. Yep. Who needs it. Yep. And they continue to show one face to the IRS and hide it to everybody else. Not only and the that, IRS is falling for it. The IRS f- f- not only fell for it, but they, they're now hiding emails that show that they were in, in, basically colluding with these, with these companies on this. So the IRS did know about it? Yes. Oh. Well. Right. Yeah. Your, your tax dollar's hard at work, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, I have one. God recalls time he pulled wings off Angel as a child. (laughs) (laughs) This is the onion. The onion from the heavens, shaking his head at what a troublemaker he once was. The Lord God, he who commanded light to shine out of darkness, reportedly paused Wednesday to recall a youthful incident incident in which he dismembered and tortured an angel out of a mix of curiosity and sheer boredom. I was always seeing if I could catch angels, and there was one time I got one, tore his wings off, and watched him writhe on the ground for a while, said God, who cited a litany of other childhood abuses that included dropping angels from extreme heights, dunking them in puddles, and searing them with focused rays of sunlight. I'm certainly not proud of it, but I used to get up to all kinds of mischief in those days, putting a cherub (laughs) and a seraph in a cage just to watch him fight, stuff like that. What can I say? I had a lot of time on my hands. God went on to state that he's, he's matured quite a bit since then and that if angels get in his face nowadays, he just swats them away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So I'm sure there's a whole bunch of people who could be offended by what I just laughed oh, yeah. about. That's the onion fake news, folks. In yeah, case you purposefully haven't. fake purposefully news for fake decades news. now. Um, I'm curious, you being in a household with someone who loves gadgets and things like that, uh, what what what's your take on all of the because there's about to be this explosion of streaming services. So yeah. NBC's coming out with one. HBO is coming out with another one for reasons nobody can understand. I know. Disney, I Apple. Know. I know. Um, Here's the problem. Do you remember in the 90s when we all used to say, gosh, can't we just get like cable where we can pick our a channels cart. a la carte? Yep. Okay. We're a little closer to that, except what we didn't want was to have to pay every channel individually it was like, let me build a package that makes sense for me and right. pay one provider. So what's going to happen is now you're going to be paying HBO for Game of Thrones or whatever. You're going to be paying CBS for Star Trek. You're going to be paying Netflix for whatever. You're going to be paying Disney for, some, you know. So now you're paying a bunch of different services to watch one show instead of paying one service and getting a bunch of channels right. you don't want. Right. And the research is already starting to show that this is actually pushing people back to pirating again. Yeah. Because people are, are like, I, I'm not paying no. six bucks. And right now it's all like five ninety nine, six ninety nine for and all the different why, services. Why you know that's would, going up. Why would companies like HBO and ABC and Fox and, and NBC, why would they bother building their own service? Why not just make agreements with the companies that are already out there and already have the people they they went down that road, you know, know for the longest because, time. That, that was well, Netflix. Like, that was Hulu. Yeah. Um, and Hulu I, had all the live current stuff and Netflix had everything that that was done on TV. Like, so Grey's Anatomy, for example, that I could still stream live on Hulu as part of my regular thing. I do get two commercials now. I mean, it used to be no commercials. Right, and now, you pay like, and you still yeah, get commercials in, yeah. in classic. I mean, it's one at the beginning and one at the end. And usually I don't have to watch the one at the end. Yeah. But still. So, so it used to be that I would watch the current season as the episodes were released every week on Hulu and I would get them the day after or whatever. And then all the past seasons and once the current season closes, then it's all on Netflix. So I can watch it oh, as many times as I want over and over again right. on Netflix. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense to me. I think it's Why the, do people need something different? I think it's that they were afraid of the power that Netflix was getting. What know. power? Well, they have hundreds of millions of, of customers worldwide. And they are the only ones <laughs> in the last 15 years that I've been a customer of them and everybody else who's come along that right. hasn't raised my rate but, ever. Right. Well, no, Netflix has raised their rate quite a bit. Uh, you know, well, quite a bit. Up probably 3 to $4 in the last five or six years. Mine hasn't changed. I started, twice, at, I, I started at seven ninety nine. Oh, you know what? It has gone up twice. It went up to ten ninety nine, and now I'm at twelve ninety nine. It's at thirteen something now. My I'm latest bill is at thirteen. Yeah. Um, and they grandfathered me in, so I have unlimited streaming, unlimited users, all that stuff. Yeah, because but, I've been there since cheap, the beginning. But I only do one device. Yeah, and it's it's frustrating because sometimes my smart TV, I shut it off. And it's, it's not still doing its thing. Long enough. Yeah. I grab my phone and I'm like, oh, I want to keep watching an episode. It's like, you have too many devices. No. <laughs> I have to go unplug it for a second. Oh, uh, I, I think part of the answer to your question is think about from a technological standpoint, all things considered, how easy it is to build a new streaming service. That's why that's one of the reasons why they're doing it. They're like, we, 
we could just do it ourselves. But again, they're serving their own interests, sure. not serving the interests of the end consumer. Which is, if you look in the if you look in the dictionary which under will, Hollywood, that's the definition. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Which, which to your point, will eventually end up with the end consumer saying, "Screw you guys! Mm-hmm. I'm going back to pirating. That's easier, and mm-hmm. it doesn't cost me money." Not to mention, inevitably, what's going to happen? BitTorrent never raised my rate. Well, I, that's that's. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm going. There's going to be a, there's going to be a company somewhere in like Cyprus who's going to go, I'll give you all this for a dollar a month. And everybody's going to go, okay. Cause that actually happened back 15 years ago. Yeah. There was like MP3 Panda or something. Yep. And they were selling you MP3s for 50 cents or 30 cents or some, yep. some ridiculous. And I'm like, how did they do this? Well, they were based out of Cyprus. Yep. The, you know, the, they have the no big laws. Com- yeah, they had no laws. The companies here that, that hated it couldn't really get to them. And so it's only a matter of time before some other company does the same thing in some place where we can't get to them, probably somewhere in Africa, right? Where yeah. that country's going to go, I don't Find care. 640,000, that'll stop them. That'll stop them, yeah. <laughs> oh, you just... Ouch. <laughs> yeah, you just put a big kink in my plan, Grant. That's, I was going to be the guy that went somewhere in Africa and started the service. That's but, a quarter million dollar joke you just made. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so does this point to... Uh, so last week, Daryl and I were talking about how, as far as like medical record keeping goes, technology has not made that situation better. This is that was that's an example where technology has made it worse. It has made patient provider interactions worse. It's made doctors and providers and nurses and hospitals lives worse. Are that is this another example where the technology being simple means we've been stupid about how we've used it? And it's going to backfire, isn't it? I mean, are people really going to tolerate $25, $9, $10? I mean, yes. then then you've got a way higher bill than your cable bill. So why doesn't it just drive everybody back to cable? Because they just hate it so much? Well, it, because the cable's not going to be there because the cable's cable companies are getting into in, What's in going to happen to the well? Hallmark Channel? Right. <laughs> but think about, think about in the last 10 to 15 years, 20 years, Back then, before we had all this streaming, how many people, I don't know about you, but I knew many people who had well over $100 a month cable bills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. And and didn't think anything of it. It was almost a point of pride. So they're the same people who are going to buy all of these different streaming services for one show on each. For 10 bucks a month each. For 10 bucks a month each. And by the way, just like the cable prices kept going up inch and inch every those year. Those are going to go up Those too. are going to go up too. They're all cheap now. They're all like $4.99, $5.99, $6, whatever. It won't stay. It will not stay that. Ah, why is entertainment so expensive? Because people are lazy. People are lazy. But, yeah. you know, one argument against that is we're getting some amazing content these days. Better than, I think, some some content... When I say these days, I'm t- I include days like when the West Wing came out. Yeah, yeah but you the, know, the Sopranos. Is still bow, chicka, bow, bow. Right. <laughs> Can we get some new porn music? Right. Jeez. <laughs> so the, a cute joke. Son, what do you want to be when you grow up? A pizza delivery guy or a plumber? Son, you have to stop watching porn. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh. So I don't know. I don't know if that amazing, because it's also easier than it's ever been to, to make really high, high quality looking content. So what's funny is, so, so, um, our, our TVs are all 4k now 
we have a friend who just got the new like 77 inch OLED. It finally came down enough in price that that made sense for him to buy it. And my experience of that is you watch it and it's no longer being in a movie. It's like a bad B movie because everything looks real. Yeah. And it's weird because all of a sudden you're looking at people who you feel like you've seen their faces and you've known their names for years and years and years. And now you're seeing all their blemishes. Yeah. And they, it's like they're right there. And it, there's something about the way that movies... When it's when it's not super high definition, when it's got a little bit of it's a muddled quality, blur. yeah, yeah. There, there's something about that that lets you get lost in like the willing suspension of disbelief is easier. Yeah. Whereas when it seems like they're right, like you could reach out and like shake their hand, and they're being all dramatic about something that you know isn't real, you watch it different. We yeah. were watching The Shining last night. Okay, so I've read the book, read Doctor Sleep. I, I I now understand why the book is so much different than the movie. And everybody was saying, I, I, if you're going to see Dr. Sleep, you have to see sh- The Shining, the movie, because it's different than the book. And I had never seen the movie. So we watched the movie. Last night was the first time you'd watched The well, Shining? First time Did you I'd think it was scary? No. Okay. I didn't either. Uh, first time I watched it was like six, seven the years ago. The book is and I terrifying. Think, really? and, okay. and the book has some really cute things. You know, there's stuff you can do like in... in text that you can't really ever communicate like for the first third of the book danny thinks presidential suite is something about sugar he (laughs) because in his mind it's s-w-e-e-t like sweets like sugar and so he's like i don't know why she keeps calling it the presidential suite s-w-e-e-t so whenever he talks about it that's how it's that's how it's written out you can't translate that to a movie it's just not possible so so i get that I don't understand some of the diversions in the storyline. I don't know why they felt they had to go that way when there was a perfectly good storyline to follow along, but whatever. Um, That aside, it was really weird because we have a 4K television watching this really old movie. Now it's been digitally remastered and all that kind of stuff. There's just only so much. There's only so much they can do. And so I'm watching this movie and I'm like, this is just weird because it's like Jack Nicholson's in my living room. Yeah. (laughs) It's not, I'm not, you know, and maybe that would have been true regardless of what kind of TV I watched it on, but I never felt like it was Jack Torrance, you know, yeah. I, I never felt like I was in, in pull sucked into it. You know, it was just like, th- this guy's just weird. <laughs> I wonder if some of that was just, you saw it when you did. It could be. I mean, because I went through, I went through a stint last year. I love scary movies. I haven't actually been scared by a movie in at least a decade. The, yeah. the last movie that legitimately scared me was I watched Paranormal Activity, the original movie, by myself at like two o'clock in the morning. Because that's what I used to do. I used to work till all hours of the night and I'd have my computer and I'd watch whatever movies and whatever. And this was back when I got it on a disc from Netflix when yeah. they were still mailing discs. And for whatever reason, three minutes, five minutes into that movie... My computer was to the side. I was completely engrossed in it. And then it ended. I was tired and I could not turn off the lights for like two weeks. Like literally I slept with a nightlight. (laughs) So, but that's really the last time I've been legitimately scared by a movie. So I was curious because everybody talks about all these movies from the seventies, right? Rosemary's baby and how terrifying that was and the shining and the poltergeist and uh, what's uh, the exorcist. Exorcist, So last November I went on this sort of like, 70s and 80s scary movie binge 
Not one of those things scared me. Now, The Exorcist was probably the most terrifying book I've ever read in my life. And again, I ended up finishing it like two o'clock in the morning in a hotel room by myself and thinking that was really stupid because then I had to sleep with the TV on all night. And so I had pretty high expectations, especially because a man who I love and treasure and and respect very dearly said it was the scariest movie he had ever seen. Now, he saw it at a drive-in in in 1979 or whatever when it came out. No, no, no. This this is Jack Thompson. Oh, okay, okay. And... And he likes to go to scary movies with me because most of the time we end up laughing. Right. I mean, we just like stuff will happen and everybody "Ah!" and we like each other. We're like, oh, my God, really? Saw that coming a mile away. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so I watched The Exorcist with some pretty high expectations. No. What you don't want to do is see The Exorcist when you're six years old and you've grown up in a very Southern Baptist household and being told all your life that the devil is real. Yes, it was. That would be terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. But I, so, I see what you mean about the, about the video, about how good it looks. Cause I remember seeing back, I think 2011, 2012, the first um, Hobbit movie. Yeah. And I saw it in the, in the 60 frames per second or the 48 yeah. frame. And I, I just did not like it at all. It was like watching, cause you remember back in the day, the like only, I can see that spirit gum you used to stick right. that beard on you. <laughs> it was a little bit of that, but also the, just the smooth, there was no motion blur of it's any weird. kind, which we naturally, I think still see motion blur. Right. There was none there. But also what it reminded me of is back in the day when I was a kid and my grandmothers would watch um, soap operas and soap operas were always filmed at a higher frame rate for some reason. Right. And I was like, this is like watching a nerd soap a opera and it's light. not. A, a ton, ton of light. It has yeah. to do with the lighting and the frame rates and stuff. And I remember the story of how Desi Arnaz, that's why they started their own studio was he wanted to use uh, film quality. He wanted to use film quality <laughs> equipment um, and the studio wouldn't do it. And that's why the I Love Lucy episodes are in such good shape now when they play them. It's really, really clear. Oh. But that's why they formed Desilu Studios was because mm. the studio said, we're not going to invest that kind of money in a television show. Oh, And he insisted. He was much more forward thinking, realizing yeah. probably there would be some something and like so, syndication. Yeah, the quality of, the, of those episodes is so much better still today yeah. because of the equipment they used. And I remember how it was always so weird um, when the Brady Bunch or uh, Happy Days, when they'd have one of those vacation episodes. Oh, yeah. And they were yeah. outside. Yeah. It was completely yep. different yep. Right. than what you were used to. And it was like, ah. you like new. And every once in a while, I'll be, I'll, I'll turn and look at the TV screen and I'll feel like, what, this must be a special episode because I can see the lighting is somewhat different somehow yeah. about it. And yeah. You know, and it's, it's just, it's weird how we pick up on those things, even though we're not really, we don't focus on them, but we pick up on them. Yeah. And it has to do with the mood, the feel. Yeah. But I, yeah, I totally, I mean, sometimes I love, even on Netflix on my smart TV, there's some movies that like the other night I put one, I was like, put my glasses on, like, this is in horrible quality. (laughs) I didn't mind. Yeah. It's an older movie and it was like, you know, the movie's still there. It's still a good movie. It's still good acting. In some ways, one could say that, you know, all of the effects, all of the video that um, has been improved on is making up for stories and acting and characters because maybe people are running out of ideas. You know, after a while, you just start maybe running out of ideas. But it seems like we focused more on the character development and, oh, I hate that guy. Oh, I love that guy. Yeah. Such a good story. 
Yeah. And you know what's interesting there there this started sometime in the last decade or so but there's this this spin around where it used to be, you know, when we were kids, Disney, there was a good guy and a bad guy. And the bad guy was always the bad guy and they were vanquished at the end and that was happy. Now we've turned it around where we care about the bad guy and why is he what is his motive behind the thing and w- now we're making it relatable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember reading Wicked. That was the very first that was like revolutionary when he wrote that book because it was all about the 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 perspective of the witch from the time she was born until the the incidents and events oh, that led up to I didn't realize that was a book. I it it was, was a book. A yeah, it was a book first. And then and then he wrote um he wrote one about the ugly stepsisters that was from their perspective. I Who never read that one. Ah, I can't remember his name right now. It's Daniel something. Okay. Um, I'll think of it. But Daniel Daniel but he McGuire. He flips it around and it's from the perspective of the villain instead of, of Yes. The, uh, and and in fact, what happens is, especially with Wicked, that's such an evil to the core character that has been in our collective psyche for over a hundred years. Okay. You love her. Yeah. She's born and you watch how much her parents don't understand. Why is she green? It's so weird. Nobody else is green. Like, you know, in in all the different races and areas of Munchkin land and in the land of Oz and nobody else is green. It's like this weird thing. And why that? And so they don't understand her and she's got super sharp milk teeth. And so she's constantly like gnawing off her own skin on her hands. You know, how babies stick their yeah, hands yeah. in their mouths. And and like so everybody's sort of like averse to her. And so she grows up feeling like something's wrong with her and she, how much she loves her sister, who's the. Wicked Witch of Glinda. the East. Yeah. Who, uh, no, Glinda's one of one of her friends. Oh, the Good Witch, yeah. Yeah, no, the Wicked Witch of the East is right, her right, sister, right. and and their relationship, and like, and then how she meets Glinda. They meet at school. They meet at college, and okay. how they and how they aren't really friends because she's like the weird outcast, and Glinda's the popular girl, right. you know. And then how she they sort of become like these two little planets in orbit around each other because they really are a lot more alike than they think because Glinda really does care. I mean, so it's this whole story so that by the time you get to the thing that is the thing that we know from from our childhood, from our collective psyche about Dorothy and the tornado and the Wicked Witch, by the time that's, I mean, that's the last 25 pages of the book. Right. And you're like heartbroken over yeah. the whole thing. You know, and I think I've mentioned it to you, but another book that's a lot like that is um, The Mists of Avalon, okay. which is which is the Arthurian legend told from Morgana's point of view. Yeah, for, exactly. Told from the, the women's point of view, but she's kind of the main protagonist. Yeah. Um, and Maleficent. It, again, Maleficent, yep. Was another, yep. you know, that was Sleeping Beauty. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the dragon was evil and they slayed the dragon. And this now takes us from a whole different thing where Maleficent was behind the dragon and she loved this girl. I mean, it's just like. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. How it's way these interesting, but twists. it's created this muddled line between like good and evil. But that's I think they're just being more realistic then, you know, probably, you know, there's no there's never been such a thing as this clear black and white. You're evil and you're good. I mean, I, like I say, Hitler thought he was doing good. I know he, he really did. Right. I, I mean, he was obviously a horrible person, but yeah. he wasn't pure evil. Right. You know, he right. had pets and he had a. A, a wife and that sort of thing. So, um, can you imagine being the wife of Hitler? Well, it didn't turn out well for her. So, no. 
Oh my Lord. Okay. Well, anyway. All right. Anything else? <laughs> we have. That was a diversion. <laughs> hey, this episode was called Random Postulations. Uh, we started out with tech news and sort of wandered into entertainment and, you know, it, it was fun and entertaining and uh, exactly what we set out to do. So we're going to call it a win. <laughs> For uh, for Grant, Daryl, and Cynthia from Reich Technologies, this is The Reich Show, and we will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to The Reich Show. Visit us at reichatech.com for more fun with technology. Catch you next time.